There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to this week's episode of The Nero Show, your home of unfiltered cycling chat. In today's episode... The cycling training pet peeves of a cycling coach. Training content on YouTube. Is anyone actually getting fitter watching this stuff? We have found the Asian Chris Miller. Oompa Loompa Cycling. Flared handlebars, two-hour bike ride nutrition, and Machine want me to sign a contract. Probably won't do it. All right, let's get into it. All right, no bikes today, Jesse. No bikes and no likes. That's the rule for today's yes. today's episode, all yep. right? Um, you're a coach, supposedly. Um, you got any training chat for us? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. What an introduction. There you go. <laughs> There's your intro, supposedly, allegedly. <laughs> um, training chat. You can, we, we haven't really deviled into any of this sort of stuff. I know. So we've held off. Yeah. Is there anything coming across the desk at the moment that we can kind of nut out maybe? i got little Sorty tidbits that out. we can get through. Stuff that's been bugging me and you get... Get to all hear me. First one, cramping. Mm. The way people talk about cramping does my head in. Right. Something on the lines of I was in a race and I was going to do 300 watts up the last climb, but I was cramping. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so it was the cramping's fault. Yeah. Interesting. As if cramping is just this mysterious thing that happens, irrelevant from everything else you've done, and that's the only thing that was holding you're back. And would that be then thrown at you as said coach to be like, we need to we need to work on my cramp resistance yeah. in the next sort yeah. of training. I session. just need to eat buckets of salt <laughs> so I'll stop cramping and suddenly then I'll be doing 50 watts more. Right. And the reason why it, it bugs me, it, to me it, it's no different than saying I was pushing really hard and I was going to do 300 watts up the last climb but I only did 280. Hmm. You, yeah, you did... You, that's what you did. You were fatigued and you did 280 watts. It would be nice to do 300 watts, but you couldn't. And cramping is the same. Cramping is just a manifestation of fatigue. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't do 300 watts up the climb. You were fatigued and could only do 280. And as a sign of fatigue, you also cramped. So to address that, you need to address the fatigue, not just the cramping. Yes, not dumping <laughs> yes. yourself full of salt. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So like isolating the exact issue that caused you to not um, yeah, achieve that goal is, is okay. But right. it, it's confusing because there are things like I was bonking mm. and I could only do 280, not 300. Well, that can be resolved if you eat more. That's a direct separate thing to fatigue. So there are... That's the main one that comes to the top of mind. So there are ones that are separate to fatigue, but cramping 
is just yeah is just a manifestation of your body is tired. Yes. Which all needs it's all one package to improve. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just just simplify it and don't yes, all right. Yeah. I've never cramped in my life. Can I just quickly say that? Mm. Never cramped. Yeah. So maybe wow. I'm maybe I'm biased here. Yeah. But uh yeah. You are lucky because yes. there are people out there that will Ride for an hour and they're cramping. It's a very big genetic component to it. Best on the bike cramp. You ever seen a real good proper one? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, this this is legendary. The Ben Hill National. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. cramp. Yeah. Riding up the climb, pulls into the feed zone and just is holding his hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> but what amazes me yeah. about that? I think he got back on. Yep. And yeah, kept going. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. A, that's a. I mean, that's a good example. There's a guy that trained thirty hours a week. And still cramps. Yeah. And you'll never cramp. No. So it's interesting. Yeah. It just so I'm seems fitter than Ben Hill. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. All right. Um, no, still still one of the great ones. Still one of the great ones. Um, that's kind of an interesting one because like do you then – okay, that's a specific thing that happens on on the bike. Do, do people – is that like a narrative you get a lot like in the sense that a specific part of a race or a specific part of a ride is the thing that is holding them back? That, uh, no, that's the main – I mean, that's the biggest one. Okay. I mean, with everything else, people will just admit I was, you know, I was tired and my legs were sore or I was tired and I had a sore back. Okay. Yeah. All right, what else we got? Uh, other, other things. Um, this is another one. It's on this it's, – it's a similar theme actually if you think about it. So the idea that – I got dropped on the eighth attack up this circuit, up this climb. So I need to go and work on that very niche Uh, specific part of the ride and basically replicate that in training to improve. And it's just, yeah, it's a very simplified way of of thinking about training. Kind of just yeah, bugs me. I mean, if I'm coaching someone, I always explain sort of the whole process behind it. But yeah, if you're, um, if you're getting dropped up a 10% gradient, it doesn't mean you need to go out and just ride 10% gradients three times a week. It's not <laughs> – yeah, that's not how you improve It's a confusing overall. one though because yeah. like you're always told in this stuff that like specificity in training is a is a good thing and then, you know, okay, let's say for example there's a, there's a one-minute effort or something somewhere in a crit and that's the – the key determining factor every lap, like, and then after the 30th one minute of these, mm-hmm. the person gets dropped. And I've heard this as well. And then they'll come back and say, oh, I've just got to keep working on that one minute power. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. that it's that, it's okay. that exact thing. There's a patience aspect to it where you've like, you, you do a race and you're stressing, like I got, I got dropped on the fifth lap of that climb. So I need to go out and it's like, it's a logical, like that's a logical approach to have. So it's not like down, you know, talking down if someone thinks that. It's just it's not logical from a physiological sense of the best way to approach that improvement in that. So yeah, I understand so. I'm gonna get I'm gonna touch a bit more on the that that bit later on in this mm-hmm. chat. Uh, we haven't written this down. I've, okay. got, I've got a thought a thought bubble on this. Okay. Um how about um taking time off? Yeah. Yep. Now this this, this episode almost didn't happen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, after I left here last week, I went home, tested positive for coronavirus and it basically killed me for a week. So I haven't been on the bike in the full week since we've done the, done the show. And it's, 
like you know me, mm-hmm. all right? That I don't do that by choice mm-hmm. really ever. And yeah, I'm in this sort of phase. I'm I'm pretty friggin' terrified of like I actually don't know what I'm terrified of. And this mm-hmm. this is the this is the thing because like when you're on this like rabbit wheel of just training and racing and doing all this stuff, you you're on that rabbit wheel and you the, the second that you get off the rabbit wheel, you're like, oh, that's going to be it. It's going to, the world's going to fall over. Mm-hmm. World didn't fall over, turned out. Well, wait till you go for yeah, a ride exactly. again. <laughs> well, that's it. And, and that's, I'm totally terrified yeah. of that. And I'm sure you see that. Like, but it's this thing of like, okay, I got to a really good fitness, probably the, the fittest that I'd been in years and years and years. And I didn't want to give it up. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to give it up. Yeah. I was well, forced to give it up. But yeah. I mean, that's different because you are sick and you're going to take a hit. It's probably going to be another week before you're doing any sort of proper riding at least. So you that's not a nice drop that you're going to get. The thing that gets me is, but that's forced. You, there's nothing you can do. You got yeah, COVID. okay, fair enough. It's the non-forced one that gets me. And it comes from probably some of these training videos that appear online where it's people think they're fitness steps. So it's like I'm at a 250 watt FTP and then I'm at 270 then I'm at 290 yeah. and people get to that step and they're so scared of that have feeling or seeing that number drop that then they're then increasing their training to hold themselves there and then increasing more training to hold themselves there. Suddenly then it's been six months and then they're doing all this training and they're fully plateaued. Fitness isn't going anywhere and they're <laughs> riding maybe just as much as they ever have to see no improvement because they think fitness steps or fitness isn't steps, it's waves Yeah. and letting yourself come ex- expecting fitness to drop when you, you know, when you've been at a peak, expecting it to drop, seeing your training load, your CTL point come down a bit and then train up again, five, six weeks, you'll bounce back up. Yeah. But if you don't let that drop happen, Oh man, it's so common just to see that. Um, to that. Whereas I'm like, I feel like because I've gone through so many cycles now, I'm like, cool, I'm at a good level. Oh, I'm expecting to lose 15 watts in, in FTP. Like I know I can get back up there. And when you sort of come to terms with it, it's much easier. to. I wonder if it's that though. It's the I know that I'm going to get back up there, mm-hmm. whereas people and I put myself in that basket would would suddenly start to think to themselves, maybe it's of a certain age, you're like, Maybe I won't get back up. <laughs> and then, then it becomes the thing of like, well, don't, don't get off the. Yeah, but you do. You, you're screwed either way. Yeah. If you don't back off, you'll keep training and you'll just plateaued anyway. Yeah. So, like, you're not going to see improvement. Plateau's a nice but, place to be, yeah, though, Jesse. You know, you're up there. You're on the plateau. You're looking down, down on the the planes. Yeah. You don't need to look any higher. It's fine. It's a beautiful place, the plateau. Until you're doing like 20 hours of training a week <laughs> just to be as fit as you were yeah. doing 10 yeah. a few months ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a big, big one. Uh, and if, yeah, if people would just have it, but it's just a confidence thing, right? Like I'm confident because I know I've done it so many times. I know the, the, so the physiology behind it. I'm fine to let the fitness drop because I know it'll come back. Whereas if you're, yeah, and people are worried it might not, then... You'll uh, hold yourself up there. You never know. Um, You mentioned it there. YouTube. Yep. Yeah. You mentioned YouTube training stuff, which is, yeah, it's fine. We don't, I don't watch a huge amount of it and I don't know why because 
you look at the guys and girls creators channels that's like the most viewed stuff on most channels mm-hmm. have you got a thought like have you got a breakdown maybe on what's what's going on on the the platform yeah. it is funny that we tend not to talk about no. it here very much at all but yeah it's biggest videos on a lot of other channels um i i guess my thought on it is that there's already so much of the 10 ways to improve this the real education stuff it's out there it's done Dylan Dylan Johnson's pretty much covered every topic already and given you all the best research that's been done on each topic anyway so that's already out there um how many people in reality are using that information to actually structure their own training I don't think very many yeah that do it confidently. Yeah. So my approach, and I've done some of it in the past, but my approach now, like at least on my own channel, because I do training related videos, is assuming that someone already has some sort of training plan, whether it's from a coach or an online thing, or they've built their own, and I'm trying to make videos more case study style of here's how I approach this training, pull out a little tidbit here and there. Other than that, maybe you just find it entertaining or motivational. And what? instead of trying to just ram information down. So down someone coming away from watching your video, mm-hmm. is it is it entertaining or is it like do you want them to go away and then be able to make their own no, training? That's no. what I've – I mean maybe I've – someone's probably going to dig up an old video I did where I was giving advice. But now, now no. Mm. I, to think someone's trying to piecemeal 10 of my videos together to try and build a training plan – is I mean go for it if it if it's working, but it's not what my intention is. I set them. I'm, yeah, my intention is someone's already training, and they just want to pick up a bit of advice here to get more out of a week, or or yeah, or if it's just entertaining yeah. altogether. And I think that, but that's what the training space on YouTube needs more of. Yes, because the information's already out there. There's only yeah. once Dylan Johnson makes a video on polarized training to improve your FTP. That's it. There's not there's no other research anywhere else. The information's already. Explained. So if I had one criticism of the NorCal 2 channel, and maybe we'll get EJ on to talk about it, is it kind of – I thought that's what it was going to be. I thought it was going to be this really specific, um, <clears throat> here's my journey training from – and that's really hard to do in a daily vlog format. I will 100% mm-hmm. admit that. But that's kind of what I thought it would be great for is here's my training program that I have started and here's the – pure case study of me doing it. And I don't know if that's potentially where that went. That's funny end. because I feel like the way NorCal, uh, Ethan's doing on NorCal 2 is the is a better way okay. where it's just motivation and entertainment from what I can tell and not, yeah, and not trying to basically put out this training with the intention that people are going to yeah. copy it. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, potentially though it is a bit light on actually explaining what he's doing he does make an attempt to broadly explain it in a few videos but you can't exactly follow him and be like oh Ethan's in the build phase working on his five minute power Yeah, yeah. but maybe he's intentionally not doing that because he doesn't want to that's the problem as well is you start doing that stuff and then you end up inadvertently giving advice and it's also maybe not that interesting like have you noticed that like most most like of those style of videos just aren't that well watched. Like, oh hi, today I'm going out and doing five by five. Uh, 
here we go. I'm on the hill doing them. Oh, that first one was good. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't work. Gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. I've done. A, I've tried yeah. to do a few of those. Firstly, they're a pain in the ass because the session you're doing when you're trying to film that video sucks. It's already who wants to go out and do five by five at 110 percent. No one. Who wants to go out and do that and film it? Fucking dreaming. I spotted one of yours the other day. Actually, it was the one you were doing the thumper ones on yeah. the VO2. It was actually really good. You had like the camera on the side and you were like riding past it. And I was like, when did he film that? I didn't know there was anyone else out there. But yeah, but like no one watched it. No, no one watched yeah. it. But I was, it works in the fitness industry. Yes. Uh, um, what's it? Bradley Martin doing a chest workout. Yep. Two million views. Yep. Uh, Jesse Coyle doing a five by five. <laughs> 2,000 views. <laughs> like 10 thumbs up. Yeah. I just, for some reason, yeah. it doesn't click. No. It's why you don't say it. Yeah. But that's Is probably it, why you end up, everyone ends up just going more down the tips route. Yeah. Because at least it gets views. Yeah, exactly. Um, only other thing I was going to say is with, okay, so the case study type stuff, uh, I, for my own personal experience, I don't do any of the training stuff, but that creatine thing was kind of similar in the sense that that was, that was my experience using creatine and it was kind of really hard to then not do a, oh, if you're in this particular circumstance, you should do this. And, like, yeah. it's really, really hard to not say. Do you know mm. what I mean? And I, I'd imagine in the training space it's quite hard to not say as well because if something worked for you, like if this training program worked for you or fasted riding, whatever the bullshit was, worked for you, it's probably really hard to take the your experience out of it and make and not go down the, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, give it a go because the science says. It's hmm. really, that's a, a, a line. Now I'm going to, I reckon people bullshit their way through that where they st- they come out and say, this is my experience doing this. Yep, that's the but line. But that's just to masquerade them wanting to give advice. So it's hidden because maybe they don't feel qualified or they're not qualified to. So it's under this umbrella of here's what I did, don't follow it, and then, yeah, halfway through the video they're just handing out advice. Yeah. Um, they're very, yeah, very common. I, I like to think that, yeah, if, if, you're, if you're watching a video, it's pretty clear. Is this someone's experience or are they giving advice? You know that before before they go in. And I think, again, I'll keep bringing up Cam Nichols is because he's one of the biggest channels in the cycling space. He started to really – it's interesting seeing him pivot around how he's dealing with that. So now when he, when he does nutrition stuff, he gets Steph, the dietitian, on. So if he's giving advice, it's not actually from him. It's from her, which is good. And then if he's doing his own – he's done a few recent ones with his own nutrition experience, it's purely – Here's what I ate on this ride and it worked for me. And yep. end, cut, yep. cut there. So he's probably dealing with it best. The problem with the training videos is because nutrition videos, cycling ride always do well on YouTube, but nutrition is relatively simple. Like you can watch a 10-minute video and get a pretty good idea of what you should do, whereas a 10-minute training-related video is just an m- absolute rabbit warren that you're not going to be able to really apply much. Yes. It's too complex. Yes. Like I look at like a little bit like the bike fit thing. It's a bit sort of if you start watching these bike fit videos to get the perfect bike fit, you're already going to start you you're going to end up going to a professional bike fitter. That's where that's where your journey ends. I promise you because you're never going to feel right doing the bike fit 
on YouTube. No, and I, feel I disagree. Like, I, so no? I disagree, right? If you're, you're random off the street getting into a road bike and you have no idea oh, how anyone looks. Yes. Yeah, a bike fit video you watch, you'll get close. Okay. If you're Joe Blow off the street and you watch a 10-minute training video on YouTube, you are if potentially just training worse. Like how what, what are you going to learn that's actually applicable? You'll just no, probably... I, I think there's, there's <laughs> the, the pure... You're, no, the pure generic training video of here's what a zone is, that stuff you will still learn. You will still – something will absorb whether you won't put that into practice. No, I, I completely mm-hmm. agree with that. But, like, that's a bit like the bike fit thing. But you I will have got in the zone. But I don't think if you watch a 10-minute training video, you're, your training is not – you're not going to be able to pull anything from that that you wouldn't from just riding your bike more. But if you yeah. – a 10-minute bike fit video, you're going to be way better than just randomly getting on and – Not every training video is a created equal, Jesse. Okay. They're not. And, like, I was watching that, like, how to build a training plan from GCN, right? And it's it starts with write down your, the holidays you have. Like, th- right. there is enough information in there that okay. basic said person can sort of start thinking about what a training plan is. If I just pulled someone off the street <laughs> and had five minutes to give them training advice that wasn't nutrition-related, because you personally probably say is make sure you feel your tra- That's not training advice. That's nutrition advice. What would I tell them that would help them? Ride... <laughs> more often and have recovery days and do some easier rides and some harder rides? Is that like, I guess they probably wouldn't know to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yep. Potentially. I, yeah. I, I would, I would go the route of if they've got a power meter or something that this is, this is the spectrum of, of zones you might have. Maybe. Is that, <laughs> well, he's I going mean, into zones well, in five minutes. Uh, <laughs> Oh, shit. I think you might as well. There's no point talking about, ah, <laughs> uh, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Another channel that's hitting some of the training-related things is Tristan Cardio. So Tristan Take Video on YouTube, Tristan Take Photo on Instagram. Um, I was teammates with him for a short period back in about 2017 because he did. He lived in Sydney. Beat um, me in the Sydney Uni Club Championships oh, back in the day. That's, that was always a big a one. A grudge is somewhere to park a car, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what? If you know that joke, <laughs> comment down below. <laughs> All right, Dad. Um, so he's the, this video that popped up, um, four key training sessions to skyrocket your cycling performance and very entertaining video, but this is this is the sort of one where I don't understand who's this targeted for, like yeah, what's right. this achieving? Okay, so let me, let me explain. He's got John Wakefield on who is a very experienced world tour coach. He's worked for UAE, works for Bora. I mean, the knowledge and experience that he would have is is amazing. So great guest. But he's got him on and essentially done like an educational-related video in terms of here's a way that you can structure a few training blocks and some sessions you can do. And it hasn't really hit – it didn't hit home for me. So who's going to be able to actually apply any of this information? Yeah. Not that many people. I mean – most of the people that would be watching this video are going to be on some type of training plan anyway, so I'm struggling to see how they apply this. I'd be more interested to see, like, if, okay, if we look at this, right, some of the sections in this, in this video, low cadence intervals. 
Now the science on low cadence intervals is a bit is not very done very well in cycling. There's not that much on it. So I'd be interested. Let's speak to John about how pro how he uses low cadence intervals with his pro cyclists and how they approach that. Super interesting. Or uh, race specific intervals. Use his experience with the pros. How do pros approach the preseason to get ready for the for the race season? Um, and tr- even Tristan on his own is racing at a high level in Spain. So instead of doing more of the educational stuff, just be like, here's how I approach my preseason yeah. in Spain. I think that for me like, would be the would be the angle. Like mm-hmm. what? Yeah, tr- Tristan's own take on on these sessions. What's working for him? What's not working for him? Like I've paused at the moment this uh, session that he's put up there, the low cadence session. Like I've been training for a while and most of that's gobbledygook to me. Like I I feel like someone coming away from that's not going to really. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Be able to do anything with that information. Whereas if we got, and maybe you follow this up, hopefully he does, with, with his own stuff. If that was put into to Tristan's own training, we were able to see that. I think that's where the the real goals would be would be kicked in that space for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just great to see Newton meters and talk back <laughs> back in the uh, in the, the the vocabulary. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. So there we go, a bit of training chat. That's a good good to hear. We we did we did well, Jesse. You, you, but um, no, let us know down below, guys. So what are you? What do you want from cycling? training content on youtube is it, is it just pure general advice is it just entertainment is it is it voyeurism is it you just want to see what other people are, are doing and nitpick or well not nitpick but to sort of take little bits out of it yourselves let us know because i think it's kind of a fascinating area are we going back to bike chat oompa loompa Get Umper on here. Next guest. So we did say we, we weren't going to talk about bikes, but you know why we're not talking about it this week? Someone's done it better than yeah, us. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. So we're out. The Umpa Loompa Cycling Show. Um, My new look. I need new. <laughs> I need custom mask. Custom mask. This is um, it's 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 everything that we sort of did, but just dialed up to a hundred. So what he does is he gets a guest on. Sits down with the bike, and they just spend an hour discussing why they spec'd every single individual part of the bike. It's mind blowing on every aspect, Jesse Coyle. Uh, the people coming on, incredible, absolutely incredible. The bikes that these people are bringing on, the stories behind these bikes. Okay, so I think like the first question we ever had on this channel was like, "Is it performance? Is it froth?" Yep. That these 
people are buying these high-end bikes, what is it about? Mm-hmm. I think it's now been answered mm-hmm. for me. Like it, it's it's complete froth for me. What? Yeah. No, it's not. It's complete froth. Complete performance. <laughs> oh, it depends what one you watch. Okay. Right. So let so one I watched uh, last night. Um, this rider here, Merida Reacto 5000 yep. with the Ascent Polaris Oh, 69. now he was a performance man. Yes. Mm. So this is why it's interesting because mm. this is not – I like it because this is not why I am into cycling. No. So, so this is just like an amazing little peek through the curtains at like what other people get out of the sport. So this this chap here, he's got the Merida Reacto aero bottle on the down tube. No laughing. Um, and he's got a custom – printed headset cap for the Merida so that he can internally run the cables all the way through the stem down through the head tube, which the Merida doesn't stop come with. So he's ordered this part. It's like, what? Yeah. Yep. And this isn't a professional dude. It's just an, he's just an enthusiast. Pure enthusiast. So I, I refer you to my friend uh, who was in the Seeker Exceed video. Mm-hmm. This bloke blew my mind. So he's, uh, he's made the value-conscious decision of getting the, the Seeker, at least that's what he's sort of said, but he basically got it because it looks like a factor Astro van, all good, no happy days there. But like all the other little steps that he's made, so he removed the decals on his zip wheels and then restuck on the bright ones because he wanted the bright decals on there, spent hours and hours putting them on and lining them up and getting them all on there. Like that's that's not a performance <laughs> thing. That's a pure looks thing. I absolutely yeah. love it. And then he's got the custom shoes to match the bike because that was the same colorway as the bike. I just think everything about this is like you said. It's like this. We're viewing another world here. Mm-hmm. Like, why why did you put the rotor crank set on? <laughs> oh, it just looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love it. I absolutely love it. Everything about it. Um, the funny. It's some of the. I mean, some of them are big, big on performance, and then the in, uh, the Oompa Loompa—I don't know his name—the Oompa Loompa guy uh, asked them, "So, how much? Oh, how much are you training? And oh, two hundred kilometers a week? Whoa, big! Like <laughs> they don't; these guys don't ride that much. Let's let's not lie. Or well, what's your FTP? Oh, uh, two hundred. Whoa! It's like it's just—I don't know—not <laughs> to like again to 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 use a Joe phrase. I don't want to gatekeep, but it's funny when the, these blokes are obsessed with performance. It's like the hobby part of it is I just want the f- fastest bike and I'm look, I'm on forums and this and that and this and that. Just, to, yeah, it's, I had, this is, I, I love it. I absolutely love these videos. Uh, Oompa Loompa himself, uh, obviously, uh, what a character. Can I just, can I just say this? There's, there's so much about everything Oompa Loompa is running here that just blows my mind. Obviously, you're mask. looking at the setup. I've got aren't the you? setup here. Yeah. Can I talk about the setup? <laughs> yeah, go. Let's the go. setup blows my mind. So Umpa has managed to. So the whole production. If any of you haven't seen this, obviously link them below. But it's it's one camera pointing at two guys sitting on tiny chairs. Mostly, I've noticed down sort of on a street level thing, and the the shot is just them and the bike behind them. And yet, down in front of him, he's got like a multicam monitor. So he looks like he's there sort of about to live switch between all these different cameras and everything that he's got going on. There's no other cameras. It's just the one camera. I don't know what else he's looking at. But then we've got the, we've got the over-ear microphone for the, the lapels. I'm like, you're just talking to the dude there. Like <laughs> it's not a virtual call here. I don't know why we need over-ear, over-ear anything. Um, and 
What else we got? We got the we got the mask. It's just it's all perfect for he me. He does a shitload of B roll though. Afterwards, yes, yes. Like B roll all the way high. through the video. Yep. He's talking about oh, talking about what bolt you have in your rear derailleur hanger, and he yep. shows B roll of it. So the editing is really. Yeah. Is really good. He's, but he's moved into a studio now. I've seen the, mo- the more recent ones. Oh, yes. So they're in the studio and bikes up on the wall. I mean, it is, looks better than us now. Not going to lie. It's not hard. It's pretty good, <laughs> good setup. Yeah. But yeah, it's like if you like the bike chat that we've done, go and look at the, some of these Oompa Loompa ones because you get, you get that for an hour. I'm, I don't. I honestly watched an hour of this last night. I don't know. And like a lot of these, if when you sit and you watch these bike things people talking through them the answers are normally so stereotypical or people are almost afraid to actually say the real reason they got things Mm -hmm. these guys have no fear and that's what i love is that yeah is that is that like a asian culture thing or maybe just the crowds he's in they're really honest you know if if we sat down and were as honest as these guys and we're like, no, I got the rotor one because it looked cooler or, you know, no, I got the 3D thing because it wanted it to – like people would be like, just go ride your bike, you loser. Mm. Like get over it. Whereas these guys are like, yeah, cool. I bought the more expensive one and it looks cooler. So stuff you. And it's also interesting because it's not about being right or wrong. Well, When we discuss something – that's mm, the problem we do. We discuss point. something and we're like – a magazine said this, all oh, they're wrong because of that. So we, <laughs> we're kind of pointing fingers. Whereas this is the, him; he's just asking the guest, "Why did you buy that?" Mm. And they, they just explain it, and it's not about him pushing back on it or being right or wrong. It's just an insight into why someone loves the way they spec their bike. It's really good. Here's a question: Would the YouTube community view us or them as more elitist? I think for that reason, they say we're more elitist. I think you're right because it. His is more of just a live and let live. Yes. I'm just interested in why you did yes. this. Whereas we're actually, you know, giving opinions on that. Yes. Yeah. Umpa's not going back to the guest and saying, well, that was a stupid choice. You shouldn't have got those. You should have got those mm. because reason X and Y that I have, which mm-hmm. is basically what we do. <laughs> yes. And I think people <laughs> take that as elitism, but it's just us having an opinion and taking the piss out of each other most of the time. Yeah. No, Rady Studio setup. Actually, just having a look at that now. Yeah, Oompa Loompa Cycling. Get on that. Um, there's a lot of them. Yeah, I got to go back and ha- and have a look through. Um, I really, I'd love to do a reaction video watching one of these because oh, this guy with the Merida, he was riding other bikes. He's like, oh, the other ones weren't stiff enough. I'm like, how many watts are you doing? <laughs> like, I think maybe he likes the harsh, the harsher ride because the harshest, the harsher rides perceived as being stiffer. Hmm. I could spend so long just like picking through these videos. It's so. So go check Oompa Loompa out. Uh, if there are any other similar YouTubers out there, we need to go and check out. Quick fire round. <laughs> right, Quick go. fire round. Um, first up, controversial comment. I I feel that the Altegra Di2 12 speed crank set looks much nicer than the Durace one. Why? Okay. So I think what it is is the that matte Finish. It's more of a blocky-looking um, device or component from a distance, and it kind of looks a bit more robust. Mm. Whereas the that pure shiny finish on the Durace one, it normally like most bikes aren't that shiny, and mm. so it just turns into this like real kitschy-looking like mirror piece instead of the I don't know like utilitarian grey nice chunk of the 
The old Tegra one. That's, yep. that's my take. I agree, actually. Mm. Just brief times I've seen the old Tegra crank sound. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely agree. Um, right there. there you go. There's my quick fire. Uh, I got one. Uh, flared drop handlebars. This is what people brought up on the other week. We were talking about how bikes are spec with two wider handlebars. People were saying, well, the Trek ones flared out a lot in the drops. Well, I right. ride a lot in the drops. <laughs> Who cares if it's 39 on the hoods and 42 on the drops? If I'm racing, I'm in the drops. I want it to be narrow in the drops. Why are handlebars flared? I think one of the reasons is so that when you're sprinting, you don't hit your wrists on the rounded part of the oh, that's um, niche. Okay. thing. Well, why else would they flare them? Well, mm. I, I don't like. I spend almost half or if not more of a crit in the drops. Why would I want it to be less aero in the drops? I don't understand flared handlebars. But see, I've never understood why the, those gravel handlebars do the even more like exaggerated flare out because anytime you're riding gravel and you're descending on gravel, you're always descending on the tops or on the hoods. You're not descending on the on the, the drops. Are you though? Because yeah, wouldn't you be mostly. descending, isn't the flare drops because it gives you more control in the drops if you're descending in the drops? But normally you're trying to get your weight back when you're descending on gravel yeah, as opposed okay. to over the front wheel. And then like... Right. Okay, then the next thing is I'm on a long, flat gravel <laughs> section. Why do I want to be driving this? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> is it it's, to fit a bar bag? Maybe it's bar bags. Maybe bar it bag. is a bag. That's true. Yep. Yeah. 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 I just the Essentially flare one. thing, why would I want to be? Flare in. Let's flare yeah. in. You go into the drops to get more aero. Yeah. Why go into the drops, get lower, and then your elbows are out? Oh. I want to flare in. Yep. There's a design. Get that in. <laughs> get that happening. Um, quick fire round. Uh, oh, quick fire round. Okay, so a little bit of nutrition stuff for you. If you're just going to go out and do a two-hour easy endurance ride, what what food are you taking with you? Uh, two-hour endurance, one banana, and maybe 60 grams of sugar water. Okay. That's it. All right, fair enough. Um, two hours with efforts. Mm, skip the banana. And bump up to, if it's just two hours, with Everts, maybe 80 to 100 grams sugar water. Okay. Yep. Um, 80 to 100 grams, so you're going to go through that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because the first half hour doesn't really count, so you sort of, because you oh, I would always have a pre-ride snack before. Yeah. So you're kind of getting through the first 30, 45 minutes fine and then hit the 80 grams for the last hour and a half. Right. My Okay, so... On the, this, the reason I brought this up is because that's seemingly what most sort of training sessions are for people that are kind of in that window a lot of the time, like that uh-huh. sort of two-hour sort of thing. And I find this really difficult, especially with like the short, intense stuff, is I'm like that. I'll have a pre-something. Pre but then when I'm in the actual like flow of doing whatever the efforts are, it's quite difficult to actually be taking food on. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end of the session, you're like, oh, shit, I haven't fueled this. And all of a sudden I then try and ingest the food that I came out. And I was a bit like, did I just miss the window here? <laughs> or um, And I, that happens to me all the time. Is that because you're not using your fluids for your carbs? Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, that happens at – how many times have we gone to a race mm. and someone's like, oh, yeah, I started to bonk a little, hit, hit the wall a little bit because I couldn't get my – I couldn't hit my nutrition plan. It's because they had like six cliff bars and three bananas. Like, of course you were never going to – that was never going to happen. And the same happens with a two-hour yeah. – if you're doing efforts and you've got a bag of lollies, you, you don't have time to, to chomp through them. So you're better off using the 
fluids. But the other thing there is if it's just, let's say, hour to an hour and a half session, mm. if you have a pre-ride meal and decently regularly replenished glycogen because you eat carbohydrates throughout the day and the day before, you're not going to be depleted on that ride. So I think there's potentially crossed wires there in terms of the fatigue you're feeling after the session and maybe some hunger isn't because you've like glycogen yeah, depleted okay. in the session. It's probably just a natural fatigue from the session. Yep. You can't eating 200 grams of carbs during that ride isn't going to make you any less <laughs> tired no, no. necessarily. But is my, my, my only question, okay, well, that's interesting because like I'm really conscious of that thing that trying to stay on top of the fueling during the ride because I, I kind of want the maximum gains from especially those intense sessions, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm not doing myself too bad a disservice by not getting, by not hitting those nutrition marks in those intense sessions as long as I'm keeping myself relatively fueled outside of that is kind of what you're saying? Yeah, if it's under about an hour and a half. Yeah, okay. Because you can't, you're, you're just not going to be able to burn through that much glycogen that's going to cause an issue. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if it's two and a half, three hours, um, then it becomes more important, the in-ride fueling. Um, i got one more for you, actually, which I was going to mention. Uh, I reached out to Magine. Yep. So uh, actually on the back <coughs> of Joe's video, and I was like, you know what, I'd really like to test one of your power meters. So that, uh, actually not their power meter, their power meter and their crank. They've got the whole power meter and crank and everything, right? And there was a little to and to and fro going about it, and we agreed on the one to to do. And then they sent me a contract. Right, I'm gonna pull this up. Wow. Came back with generally speaking, uh, the cooperation period is three months. I think I'm allowed to read this. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we'll see. Um, we want you to make the video within one month after receiving the product. Mm -hmm. uh, after the video, then needs to be sent to us and checked to confirm before releasing it officially. We will then uh, confirm and you can send the video live. Mm -hmm. right? Is this a sorry, is this a paid no, contract? No, it's not paid. Right. This was this was what I'm get, I was going to get this. You have to sign this for them just to send you a power meter. Send a power meter. What yeah. the hell? Why would I know. you bother? That's why I literally <laughs> wrote back and said I think you've totally missed <laughs> missed what I was asking about here. Um, yeah, I basically said that it's not, um, what did I say? Hang on, let me find what I've sort of said. There's no way I'd be making a video within a month, nor would I be sending you the video for you to verify whether it was acceptable. Maybe we should put this on the <laughs> back burner. It just, yeah, I just kind of thought that was really interesting on the back of what Joe said because remember how he said like a lot of these com companies are used to that's the way they work. I'm not getting paid for that, but mm. it, it's meant to be this, oh, yeah, we'll send you it and we'll okay it before it gets sent live. I'm like, what are these, you talking about? The, some of these brands are, are, are delusional. Yeah. What do they think you're getting out of this? Oh, that was the other but part. Because you could just go and buy it. It's not that expensive. That so was you're the, making a video for them. All they're is providing is a power meter that costs them hardly anything and they're expecting you to bend over backwards for them? That was, sorry, that was the other part. I, so they kind of wanted, oh, what, what kind of review are you going to do? I was like, well, I'm not going to do a review. <laughs> like... Shane Miller and DC Rainmaker can go and do that. But what I said I would do is that I would run it with uh, my Asiyama pedals and <clears> we'll get a bit of a comparison but not sort of 
you know, hours upon hours of, of data. And they were like, oh, no, we'd prefer you didn't use the Asioma pedals oh. as part of the comparison. I'm like, okay. Right. So what do you want me to do? Just ride around on it and go, it's brilliant. Look at the power. I'm so powerful. I don't know. This is so st- – okay, yeah. so who's done videos? Who's done a McGain – so there's two Shane Miller ones. So if I type McGain Power Meter, two Shane Millers, Durian Ryder has done one. I've had a little bit to do with them in the past. They contacted me about the tail light thing. And I oh, because the, they do the radar. Yeah, and yeah. it was the same. It was I didn't get that far down the route because I just went back and went, well, like DC Rainmaker's done one on this. Like what's anyone to learn from Chris Miller using this? Because I, I'd use it happily and, you know, post yeah. about it on Instagram and stuff, but I'm not going to. Well, why did you Why did you want it? Sorry? Oh, you're down the I'm power I'm down meter. the power okay. meter rabbit hole. That's, that's just put your Asiomas back on. <laughs> your Shimano crank that shifts well and just be done with it. You're just a glutton for punishment. Glutton for punishment, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, Sorry, McGee. So, yeah, just there's, there's dragged you through. Potentially was that no net positive? Or, I mean, uh, I guess that's not negative, is it? That was just a... Yeah, it's just a little... Well, they can do what they want. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. Got no issues. Were they interested in sending you the um, the radar? Because yeah. I want to use the radar. Can you get one from them so I can use it? <laughs> <laughs> Will you happily sign the contract that says it's the best radar ever? No, I, I, but I think it's a cool company. That's that's actually why I reached out because it was on the back of um, Joe's video mm-hmm. and they were doing like bike computers, tail lights, crank sets. That was one of those companies that I was a bit like, holy shit, these guys are like the new – I don't know, FSA and Wahoo combined. Mm. Um, yeah, so. No one's ever going to partner with us because they're just not going to go, oh, they're just going to shit bag us on the show the next week. <laughs> Last but not least, Jesse. So the video with Joe. Yes. Mind-blowing. No, okay, so here's the question. Did you come away from watching and being in that chat with more questions about the industry or less questions like did you feel like things got answered or are you coming away from that going but but what about like you know i feel way more informed but i do have a lot more um questions i'm now i'm I'm a dunning kruger for chinese bike parts um because the only problem is the stuff that i would want more information on is going to push the envelope in terms of what he's allowed to say yeah i agree like Oh, give us the details on how they're adjusting the frames for the pros and what other brands do it and oh, just stuff that I feel would feel really awkward pushing for more answers on. Uh, but there's so, yeah, a lot of stuff like that. Right? I just want, I want more detail. I want the real nitty-gritty of it all. Yeah. Yeah, for me, for me nothing in that chat went, oh, oh my God, because it all felt like information that I'd known. But it's a bit like that. It's the surface has now been scratched. It's that next level of detail, like the bikes that look like a Canyonero road. Why does it look that close? Is it literally the mold? With mm-hmm. is Jeff making that one there, and you're making this one here, and we are we you're making the Saker, and I'm making the Canyonero road on the same day with the same ca- the same layups. It's just. The paint, like, is it is it like that? Mm-hmm. R- right in there. That's sort of the the bit that gets me at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and to and to think like that. Specialized whole selling point is just the fact that 
they can do larger runs <laughs> and therefore people can work on their bikes for longer at a time. Man. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I just want so much more. And same quote. thing, it's similar on the lines of when a brand is designing a bike, 90% of the consideration is, well, what does the factory actually have capacity to do at scale, not what's best or what's fastest? It's there's so many. Yeah. I didn't have appreciation for the amount of constraints that they're working with. Yeah. So I knew all the stuff about the, the mould designers, the Chinese mould designers essentially like licensing the, the moulds to the different companies. I knew all that stuff, but I suppose I hadn't taken it to that next level to see how that actually plays out physically in the, the fact. Because I always under this illusion that the people, and this is maybe biased, but the people making it, people being there doing it, the specialised people were, were more skilled at it than the mm. insert other brand here. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that myth was busted for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anyway, we will uh, definitely get Joe back on. Guys, thank you so much for watching this week. Again, please do share this show on to anyone and everyone that you think might be interested. It makes a massive, massive difference for us. Jesse, thanks for your time. Thanks. Chat to you all soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you